Hello and welcome to the Fit to Transform podcast, where you learn how to train and diet effectively and, most importantly, how to maintain those results for life, once and for all. I'm Nikias Tomasiello, a transgender training and nutrition coach working online with anyone who's ready for a true lifestyle transformation anywhere they may be in the world. As a friendly reminder, any and all information provided is for educational purposes only. You should consult with your doctor before implementing any changes to your diet and exercise program. With that disclaimer out of the way, thank you for being here. Now grab yourself a cup of tea or pre-workouts and enjoy. Yo, welcome back to the podcast. In this solo episode, I'm covering peri-workout nutrition. This is a fancy term for what and when to eat before, during, and after a training session in order to maximize performance and fitness adaptations, such as muscle growth. There are important differences between peri-workout nutrition for resistance exercise and endurance exercise. And in this episode, I'm only going to cover peri-workout nutrition for resistance exercise. I'm going to divide the episode into three parts, pre-workout nutrition or nutrition before a training session, post-workout nutrition or nutrition after a training session, and finally intra-workout nutrition or nutrition within a training session. Before I get into part one, I want to give you two extra resources that I recommend you look into that I am going to link in the show notes. The first one is an article that I wrote myself titled Peri-Workout Nutrition, What to Eat Before and After Training, which contains some, but not all of the information that I'm going to discuss today. So it's certainly a good complement to this episode, but don't just go to the article and skip the full episode. The second resource is titled International Society of Sports Nutrition Position Stand Nutrient Timing. And it covers what I am going to cover today about peri-workout nutrition, but also more information about at which time of day to eat protein, carbs, and fats to maximize performance and fitness adaptations. In general, the International Society of Sports Nutrition Position Stands as it pertains to many aspects of exercise nutrition, are likely the most up-to-date, evidence-based papers that you can rely on in order to better understand nutrition for sports performance. So I strongly recommend checking them out. They are all free to read to everyone in the general public. With that said, let's dive straight into part one pre-workout nutrition or nutrition before a training session. The aims of pre-workout nutrition include not being too hungry, but also not being too stuffed because both can negatively affect performance. A third aim is to fuel performance. And the fourth aim is to spike muscle protein synthesis in order to achieve a positive net protein protein balance across the day. In other words, protein is continuously being broken down and synthesized or created by the body throughout the day. To maximize muscle growth, we want to achieve 
a net positive protein balance at the end of the day, meaning that we want the rate of synthesis to be higher than the rate of breakdown. To achieve this, we want to spike protein synthesis at various points throughout the day, generally every three to four hours. And we do this by eating 20 to 40 grams of protein. This general guideline is based on 0.4 to 0.5 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight. And or we want that protein feeding or bolus, that's how it's usually called in research, to contain 2.5 to 3.5 grams of leucine. Leucine is one amino acid that appears to be extremely important to maximize muscle protein synthesis. But you don't need to drive yourself insane and uh, calculate your leucine contents in every single protein feeding. If you eat a high quality protein source, such as eggs, whey protein, dairy, fish, meat, or soy, and you have 20 to 40 grams of it, or if you eat potentially a higher amount of a combination of incomplete proteins, then you're likely going to achieve this, it's called this leucine threshold that we want to achieve in order to maximize muscle protein synthesis. Now, spiking muscle protein synthesis or MPS before and after a resistance training session is particularly important, important because resistance training also stimulates muscle protein synthesis. And it's been shown that spiking MPS with resistance training plus protein from your diet have a it's called a synergistic effect where you can double up on the beneficial effects that the two have on muscle growth as a whole. So let's start with how to accomplish not being too hungry, but also not being too stuffed. And you can do this with nutrient timing and also an appropriate choice of specific nutrients. As for nutrient timing, if you're eating two to three hours, before a training session, then you may want to have a larger meal, including carbohydrate, fats, and protein. This meal is going to digest more slowly so that you're not hungry again by the time you train, but it's also not so close to your training session that you're still digesting that when you're training. If you have one hour or less before you train, then you want a smaller meal and you want it to be faster digesting. So when you're choosing your nutrients, you likely want to limit or not have any fats because they slow down digestion considerably. And you may only want to have protein alone or protein and a fast digesting carbohydrate. And the fastest digesting sources of carbs are sugar. So it could be a piece of fruit or a carbohydrate drink. Now, in terms of nutrient choices, I'm going to cover all of the macros, protein, carbs, and fats, you know, in this order. Protein is the most important pre-workout. It's necessary to spike MPS, as I mentioned. And we know that strategically consuming protein before and after exercise has been shown to maximize muscle recovery and muscle growth, and if you're interested in strength, strength as well. 
Overall, you need three to six protein feedings or boluses throughout the day, containing 20 to 40 grams or 0.4 to 0.5 grams per kilogram per day of protein. And you need these feedings or boluses to altogether help you reach your total daily protein requirements. These are the top priority. You want to be eating enough protein every day for the entire day. And in particular, the pre-workout protein feeding not only contributes to this, but it also enhances the results that you get from resistance training. So if you eat nothing else, eat some form of protein before your workouts. If you're eating or you're drinking something very close to your training and you can't avoid that, for example, if you train very early in the morning, you might not be able to stomach a large meal or any kind of solid food beforehand, then drinking a protein shake may be really beneficial, especially after an entire night where you had no food. Carbohydrates are the main substrate used for resistance training. In particular, when we resistance train, we use the storage form of carbs, which is called glycogen. Interestingly, we don't have a lot of studies examining how pre-workout carbs can benefit or not benefit performance, but overall, it seems like protein is more important than eating carbs pre-workout, and it seems like even though carbohydrates are the main fuel for performance, as long as you're eating enough carbs throughout the day, and that will depend on your calorie needs as well, then carbohydrates immediately pre-exercise may not even enhance performance. But while they may not be necessary before your training session, I think I would rather be safe rather than sorry. In my view, before, after, and potentially during training is when it's most important to fuel your body if you want to get the best results in terms of your physique. So yes, it may seem like, based on the limited evidence we have available, that we don't necessarily need to eat carbs before training. But if you want to hedge your bets in the right direction, I don't see a reason not to do so. There are specific circumstances under which I would actually strongly advise to eat carbohydrates, particularly if you haven't eaten since the day before, again, you train early in the morning. Eating some carbs can reduce your hunger and potentially provide some fuel for your resistance training session. I would also encourage you to consume carbohydrates before a workout if you're training with high volumes, because higher volumes of training have a higher glycogen demand. So if you're doing a lot of sets in a session, you may benefit from having carbohydrates. And if you're in a caloric deficit, then potentially having carbs before and after training can be particularly important to make sure that you fuel that training session and that you also recover faster so that you have a higher chance of retaining muscle during your diet. Finally, fats, as I've already mentioned, slow down digestion. So I would recommend them if the meal that you're having is further away 
from a training session, so two to three hours before. But when you're very close to the training session, they could slow down digestion along with carbs and protein to a point where you're still digesting while training. So I would keep them moderate, if not uh, avoid them altogether. So just to take everything I've said together, protein is the most important nutrient pre-workout. So you want to have at least 20 to 40 grams or 0.4 to 0.5 grams per kilogram of body weight before a training session. Carbs may not be necessary. We don't even know that yet for sure, but I don't see a reason not to consume them, particularly if you're in a calorie deficit, training very early in the morning after a night's fast, and or if you're training with really high volumes. And finally, I would limit or avoid fats, especially very close to training. Finally, I strongly encourage you to consider your own personal preference and to experiment with different meals and snacks and nutrient timing, because in the end, we all digest and absorb nutrients at a different rate. So what may work really well for you may not work for somebody else. So you could try to have a snack closer to training, see how that goes. Then you may try to have a larger meal two to three hours before, see how that goes. And finally, you will settle on the right nutrient timing for you. And then by experimenting with different types of meals, you then land on the best food choices for yourself. To give you some practical examples, your bigger, more complete meal that you're going to have two to three hours before training, then you could have a tuna, chicken or turkey salad sandwich with a handful of nuts or some avocado, or it could be a bowl of pasta or rice with vegetables, an egg white omelette or some chicken breast and a little drizzle of olive oil. Or if you're eating closer to your session, then it could be something as simple as a protein shake with a banana. With that, I've covered pre-workout nutrition. Let's get into part two, post-workout nutrition. The main aim of post-workout nutrition is to recover, to initiate and potentially speed up the recovery process. And for that purpose, you want to be eating relatively close to your training session. I'd personally try to eat within two to three hours max from a resistance training session. In terms of the specific nutrients, I'm once again going to cover carbs, protein, and dietary fats. Let's start with protein. After a resistance training session, your rate of muscle protein synthesis, or MPS, peaks within three hours from that training session and then stays elevated for an extra 24 to 72 hours, which is why it's important to continue eating protein throughout the day, to continue spiking MPS and also to double up on the effects, on the elevated rate of MPS that you get from resistance training. So immediately after a workout, especially if you already had a protein feeding before training, you may not need to consume protein within 30 seconds, like um, it was common back in the day to hear or see on the internet as a recommendation. However, I would encourage you to eat 20 to 40 grams of protein ASAP within two to three hours from training. So yes, it may not be absolutely necessary or else you make no gains 
to have a protein shake right after a training session, I would say, and especially if you're not going to eat for an hour or two or more after a training session, then do have that protein shake because it, it's not going to hurt you. And if anything, it's only going to be beneficial. With regards to carbohydrates, there are multiple studies that have shown that resistance exercise can decrease muscle glycogen concentrations. So we don't get our muscles completely depleted of glycogen, but glycogen is certainly utilized during resistance training. So we do want to have some carbohydrates after exercise in order to replenish glycogen and therefore aid with recovery. You don't need to aim to have a massive amount of carbs all at once to replenish glycogen all at once. As long as you have enough carbs throughout the day, particularly if, like most people, you train for 45 to 75 minutes with moderate volumes, you're not going to need a massive amount of carbs. However, I would strongly encourage you to have some as soon as you can after training because after exercise, it's when your muscles, your muscle cells are most sensitive to take up glucose, which is the simplest form of carbohydrates. It's, it's pure sugar and it's what we have in our blood. That's because there's a, it's called a glucose transporter transporter called GLUT4, which is inside our muscle cells. And after exercise, it gets closer to the surface of the muscle cells, and it's more ready than ever to take up glucose from our bloodstream. And therefore, that's why after training, it's when your muscles are most carb sensitive and can utilize that glucose in our bloodstream immediately for recovery. So as I suggested for pre-exercise carbohydrates, they may not be absolutely necessary or else you won't recover from training. However, they are very beneficial. And in particular, since muscles have an increased sensitivity to carbohydrate after training, and therefore you have the potential to benefit your long-term results, I don't see a reason not to consume carbs. And in terms of the specific types of carbohydrates, to inc potentially increase the speed of digestion even further and encourage those muscle cells to take up glucose even faster, you could eat quicker digesting carbs in the form of mainly glucose or sugar, such as sugary cereal or honey or fruits in the immediate post-training window, so one to two hours after training. Lastly, with regards to fats, Unless you're eating two, three plus hours after training, I would limit their consumption because again, since they slow down digestion, they could also slow down the delivery of protein and carbohydrates to the muscles. Fats don't really contribute much to performance or recovery. And therefore, I normally encourage my clients to consume them several hours before and after training and to prioritize carbs and protein instead. Finally, part three, intra-workout nutrition. This is food or likely a drink that you're going to consume during the workout session. If you're having enough protein throughout the entire day and you're having protein pre and post-workouts, 
there is no need, in my view, to add protein to an intra-workout drink. In general, if somebody is having an intra-workout drink, I think that it likely would need to contain only carbohydrates, and particularly very fast-digesting carbohydrates, such as maltodextrin. So essentially, it's going to be a sugary carb drink, which is going to be digested and absorbed as fast as possible so that it becomes available to your muscle cells as quickly as possible. However, it may not be necessary to have these carbs at all if you are going to replenish your glycogen stores throughout the day and you're going to eat carbs before and after training. I can see a rationale for an intra-workout drink under very specific circumstances. For example, if you're training first thing in the morning and you can only drink a protein shake because that's all you can stomach before training, then potentially intra-workout carbs would make sense. Or if your workout session is very long, then again, there might be a good rationale for intra-workout carbs. But if you're training like the majority of people for maybe 45 to 75 minutes, three to five times per week, and you're having appropriate nutrition before and after training, I think potentially an intra-workout drink would be unnecessary. I can see a rationale for it if you have the calories to include this extra meal throughout the day. For example, since it's mainly liquids and it's not very satisfying overall, in some cases it may hinder your adherence to a fat loss diet. So it might be unnecessary if you're eating enough before and after training and it can even hinder your progress. On the other hand, I can also see a rationale for having intra-workout drinks in a fat loss phase to potentially, again, be safe rather than sorry, fuel your session and therefore help retain more muscle. But if you're a very small individual and you already have a very low amount of calories to eat during a fat loss phase like me, then I personally don't have an intra-workout drink because I prioritize eating enough before and after, and I prioritize solid food, which is going to be more satiating for me. Lastly, another situation in which I would see the benefit of having an intra-workout drink is when you're bulking and you have a really high amount of calories, which you're struggling to get throughout the whole day, then having intra-workout carbs is going to help you get all of those calories in. With regards to the timing of that intra-workout shake or drink, you want to start drinking around 15 minutes before the session starts, and you would want to aim to finish that drink within the first one-third of your session, because you need to give some time to those carbs, even though they may be fast digesting, they'll still need at least around 15 minutes to be digested and absorbed and therefore become available to your muscle cells. Now that I've covered pre, post and intra-workout nutrition, I want to touch upon hydration because being hydrated, being well hydrated for your training sessions as well as throughout the day is also important for performance and your long-term fitness adaptations. There's research showing that even mild hypohydration or uh, reduced hydration can increase your subjective feeling of pain and fatigue 
during exercise and impair performance as a result. And while there are recommendations or general guidelines for the amount of fluid that one should drink or aim to consume throughout the day, I would encourage you to find your own individual amount of fluid that gives you the best levels of hydration. And you can find this optimal amount for you by examining your urine throughout the day. You can look up the Armstrong urine chart, and it's a chart that shows you several urine colors, and you want your urine to be a light yellow throughout the day. If it's orange-ish or brownish on the chart, then that means that you're already dehydrated. So you would want to aim to drink enough fluids to consistently have light yellow peas throughout the day. In particular, to aid your training performance, you want to be well hydrated before you go into a training session. So if you're struggling to drink enough or consume enough fluids in the entire day, I would suggest to build the habit by attaching it to something that you're already doing. So in that case, it would be your training session. So what you could do is have a water bottle and aim to completely empty that water bottle within an hour from your training session, empty it again during your training session, and then empty it a third time after your training session. In addition to maintaining good hydration throughout the day and before and after a training session, you could consider electrolytes as well. These are minerals that we deplete while we're training when we're sweating. So if you're already drinking enough and your nutrition before and after training is on point, but you feel like you're still not feeling your best throughout a session, potentially adding one teaspoon of salt per liter of water that you drink during a workout could help with keeping the right electrolyte balance. However, as far as I know, electrolyte depletion is far more important in, within, for endurance athletes because they tend to train for longer, they sweat more, uh, they deplete their electrolytes a lot more as a result. So I don't think that everyone would need to add electrolytes to their water. But if you find that you're so struggling and you're already implementing everything else that I've suggested so far in the podcast, then you could potentially try to add, if you're drinking uh, half a liter of water or 500 mils or around 16 fluid ounces, then half a teaspoon of salt, maybe start lower with a quarter and see how you find it. It doesn't taste great. So if you don't like the taste of plain water and salt, you could squeeze a little bit of orange juice in it to improve the taste, or there are specific sports drinks that include electrolytes and carbs in addition to fluids, and these could be Gatorade in the US or Lucozade in the UK, so you could try those as well. As a final caveat, when it comes to salt consumption, there are certain important considerations to make. For example, for people with specific health conditions, consuming salt might not be indicated. For some people who are already consuming a lot of processed foods that are very high in sodium, adding extra sodium 
may not be necessary. So my recommendation is to work with your coach or another professional to figure out whether extra electrolytes during your workout may be beneficial or not. So tying it all together, the most important nutrient before and after training is protein. Carbs may not be necessary, but particularly after training, when your muscle cells are most sensitive to glucose, I would certainly encourage you to consider them whenever possible. They also be more beneficial and necessary when you're training fasted first thing in the morning, during a calorie deficit, and or when you're training with high volumes. Finally, fats are the least important nutrients before and after training. They can also decrease the speed at which you digest protein and carbs. So I would moderate them before and after training, especially in the one to two hours before and after a training session. Last but not least, you want to be well hydrated before a training session and during as well, and also throughout the day. And you can accomplish this by ensuring that your urine is a light yellow color based on the Armstrong urine chart, which you can look up on Google. That's a wrap for today's episode, and I hope that it was helpful to you. And if you have any questions or feedback, please do email or message me on Instagram or Facebook. I'm always very happy to hear from you. And if you want to connect with me or to sign up for online coaching, then you can use the links in the description below. Thank you once again for taking some time out of your very busy day to listen to this podcast. And until next time. Lastly, if you want to support the podcast and help me reach more people, please leave a five-star rating or review on any podcast platform that you're using. Thank you very much for listening and I'll speak to you soon.